Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 15th day of May 2015. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action. We are will be reading starting on page 84, the last paragraph. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Amy E., the 12 Traditions, Amy W., and our text readers are Charles H., Alice M., and Anita J. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 14th day of May, is 7640 and 7641. 7640 and 7641. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Amy E. to read the 12 steps, please. Amy E., star one to unmute, please. Here I am. Thanks, Monica. Amy You're E., welcome. Uh, abstinent, grateful, and recovering in rural northwestern Ohio. Good morning, everybody. Here are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Amy E. I will now ask Amy W. to read the 12 Traditions. Uh, Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. Amy W., um, uh, compulsive overeater from California. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever minding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Amy W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book, We are in the chapter Into Action. We will be starting on page 83. We are reading the Ninth Step Promises. And and what we are doing this morning is Charles H. is going to read the whole paragraph, and he will be concentrating on promises four through six that start with, we will comprehend. And then our second reader will will, uh, comment on promises seven through nine. And with that, Charles H., can you begin reading for us, please? Thank you, Monica. Um, This is Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today. Um, And I'm going to stop at uh, 
we could not do for ourselves, correct? On page 84? Yeah, you're going to read the whole paragraph to begin with and then go back and concentrate on those three promises. No, I got it, but I'm, I just want to know where, where I'm stopping. Where you're stopping. Okay, hold on. Let me double check here. <laughs> uh, Self-pity will disappear is where you're ending. No, I'm talking about my reading of the paragraph. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. All right, sorry about that. Charles H., um, in New York, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us uh, what we could not do for ourselves. Um, do I, I stop there, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. And my name is Charles A. to recover the visionary just for today. And I, I thank my higher power for waking me up, first of all. Um, yeah, uh, what I did with my sponsees is, uh, you know, at the precipice of, of, of um, you know, proceeding on to the maintenance steps, you know, I asked them the questions. And, um, you know, I, I, I was amazed when I first, when my sponsor first did it with me, um, before I was halfway through. So um, we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. So um, before before the 12 steps, before the 12 steps as, uh, in AA as it's laid out in the big book, I just always wanted to give somebody a piece of my mind every single time. Resentment riddled, gunshots all day. And not 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 physically, just literally in the mind, the crux of my problem. Um, but now, you know, going through this work, I do know peace. I do know peace by doing the work. It, it, you know, there's there's fringe benefits to doing this work. Um, you know, I become a nicer person. I become a person that can deal with calamity in a calmer way. You know, I'm still human. Don't get it twisted that you know. You know, resentments will come up again. They will surface. But I know serenity. I know peace. Um, no matter how far down the scale, you know, before program, I was way up the scale. Matter of fact, the scale couldn't help me. It was the, the numbers was astronomical, and and that's not even the point of it. I'm just trying to make a, you know, I'm trying to make an analogy here that you know, we we go up, we go down. It's okay, but as long as as long as I know peace and serenity, see, I get it now. The spiritual connection. If I'm spiritually fit, you know, by doing this work, I'm gonna have a conscious contact with. And you know what? The food plan is just is just it's just a plan. It's just a plan. But this work here, with the spiritual connection, you know, 
I'm going to evolve. My food plan is going to evolve to fit. And I'll, you know, I'll be, you know, eventually um, in, a, in a great state of mind every single day and, 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 a, and a great body from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and, and, and body. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Charles. And who would like to comment on these three particular promises? Matt M. Matt. Anybody else? Okay, go ahead, Matt. Hi, good morning, television. This is Matt M. from New Jersey. I like these three promises. Lose interest in selfish things against our fellows. You know, um, I just finished in my fourth step the harms inventory and sex harms inventory. Wednesday night, I just finished writing the list down Wednesday night. And Thursday, I went to a doctor's appointment. I come out of the doctor's appointment, and there is a person. I just wrote his name on the list Wednesday night, and there he is out on the sidewalk, and I haven't seen this person over over 10 years. That is a higher power experience right there. I even gone to the amends list. But I thought to myself, you can't, it's not, you're not trying to make an amends. What you can do is talk to him and just be the person you know you are now, not the person you were when you knew him. Don't, don't, get, don't get upset. Just take it easy. Get on an even keel. I'm not afraid anymore. Um, my whole attitude and outlook upon life has changed. Um, I told him what I'm doing and the, I'm in the program. He said, because he said I look different. I told him what I'm doing. And he said he shared with me that he's a recovering addict from a different fellowship. I saw that I saw he says in recovery, but I saw what what it done to him. This disease, this disease, no matter what an addiction is, it's cunning, baffling, powerful, and patient. I can't believe my I didn't realize how much my memory was so different and changed what he looked like when I was in my college. Now he looks like now, and we had the funny thing is another thing we had to get in the cab together for medical transport. Both of us we got in the same cab together. This is not a coincidence. This is higher power uh, uh, giving the best, taking the best of me and putting it out there. And I got his information, and I, I, I know where he lives, and I got his phone number, both his phone numbers. And I'm going to be in contact with him. I'm not making the amends yet, but I can already start the process of treating him well and possibly befriending him again, but I'm, that's not the point. The point is I just want to be a better person towards him after two or three years of being an awful friend. It's amazing how I see that already these promises. There's no coincidence that I just put the name Wednesday night, and, all the, and right the very next day he's there on the sidewalk, I mean, come on. That's a, it's like a magician. Poof, there he is. I'm like, I, 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 it's, it's, I mean, this program is miracles upon miracles. I'm just grateful this program is here. I'm grateful all you're here today, and thank you for letting me be able to share that story. That'll pass. Thank you, Matt M. Would anyone else like to share on these three promises? Lois. Lois. Paula D. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Lois, um, um... I think I heard Carol, Paula, and then I didn't get anybody. Lois, Carol, Paula. Melissa C. Melissa. Suji. Suji. Okay. Lois and Carol, Paula, Melissa, and Sue. We'll, we'll start with that. Lois, you're up, and then Carol. Uh, good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Lois M. in Massachusetts, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater, thank you, God. Um, this is such a, a privilege to be able to uh, claim my seat and, and to focus on, on these promises today. Um, when I was in the throes of my disease, you know, I, I, had, I, I was always living in different degrees of hopelessness. You know, no matter what I did, it, it, 
I did. I was powerless, and I didn't know it. I kept trying to uh, apply the same methods over and over again, and I would end up in despair. And I lived in despair for for several years with the com- disease of compulsive overeating, not knowing anything. And it wasn't until I began to hear the message from the Big Book, you know, about I had a spiritual disease and I needed a spiritual. Um, solution and the the answers were in this book and and then it was when i began to understand and to read and to begin to practice and go through the steps and apply the action in my life you know that i was able to begin to see uh first of all the first thing that began for me was i began to have hope you know for me the grace of god came into my life and i I did begin to have hope, and I hadn't had hope in my life for quite a while. So for me, that was a wonderful promise, and and I uh, began to you know work these pro- work these steps in my life the best I could, <clears throat> not not perfectly, and and some of these promises began to come true for me, and and I did begin to um, understand that God could do for me what I couldn't do for myself, and and these promises have come true in my life and i just had to um had to add my voice to this to the, the and and my gratitude to uh to this program and to god and to my fellow uh travelers thank you very much and i pass thank you lois and carol you're up and then it'll be paula thank you monica carol um recovered compulsive overeater living in england thank you so much for the meeting this morning um Ding dong, the ego's dead. Um, that's how I feel when I get to this part of the chapter. Um, this is how I felt when I got to this part of the work. Um, and I've just spent the whole morning um, preparing food to go on an OA retreat for the weekend. And that's the lens that I go to today. And this is not about food anymore. And for me, I've just experienced what it's really about. It's about me being at one moment with my higher power. My entire attitude towards everything has changed. How is it that I can prepare food for another time in the day without salivating? That was something I couldn't do before. How is it that I can look out towards my fellows and how I'm going to spend time with them instead of looking at myself and navel inspecting? How has that happened? It happens because I've gone through this work and I've recovered. And I have to remember why I started it. I started this work because I couldn't see anything other than myself, my selfish attitude was always about me, that everyone should think about me and they should always pander to what I wanted. And in actual fact, the turnaround has begun for me in this in this part of the work. I'm beginning to have this outlook on life, to look outwards. I'd never really looked outwards before without recoiling as if from a hot flame and thinking, I don't want to go out there, people don't like me, I don't like them, life's not going the way I want it to go. And then suddenly my whole attitude changed. And I'm beginning to look outwards and think, hmm, I'm interested in other fellows. This is wonderful. My whole outlook is really, really changing. Not only can I actually be interested in other people, I can hear them and I can listen to them and I can spend wonderful moments with them because I don't have that mental chatter in my head saying, it's time to eat, it's time to eat, let's go get some food, let's go get some food. I'm actually in the moment with everyone and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful gift to, to work this program and have that attitude change and to feel that for yourself. And the promise that, that matters to me most, and it, it's not really a promise, I don't suppose, but later on it says, 
these these promises will always materialize if we work for them. If I keep digging, this will always be there available for me. Thank you so much, and I pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Carol. And Paula, you're up, and then it'll be Melissa. And remember, we are uh, focusing on promises four, five, and six. The word, We will know the word serenity and no peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others, and that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Paula, you're up. And thank you, um, Monica. And thank you for your service today on this Friday. And I will say, thank God it's Friday. And uh, But I say that every day. So here I am, Paula D., focusing on, oh, isn't that a wonderful thing to focus on? And we will know peace. Finally, I heard about peace. But to know it? Wait, how about let's take the next step to know to live it. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we will see finally. Finally, I could see. And that's what I want to share on what I see today, the difference from what I, when I was not recovered and I was living that life. It's all I could see is what you did, what you did to me. Today we see a transformation, how our experience can benefit others. Did you really care about others? Yeah. I care that they stay out of my way. I care that they do what I wanted to. You see the change? Benefit others? That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. And yes, we have said, it's just not there. It was there, very evident, but I don't live that way anymore. Being mindful of the time. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Again, we can back that up. Our experience can benefit others. There again, the change. Gain interest in our fellows. I don't know. I may be going on to another promise. Can I tell you? That's exactly right. One promise will lead into another. Being mindful of the time, thank you for allowing me to share that I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Melissa C., you're up, and then it'll be Suji. Hi. Good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And I just love, love, love the promises. And I'm so glad that we're, you know, going slow and focusing on just a few at a time because um, they're so important. And, you know, I, I want to focus on self-pity because I'm uselessness. Um, you know, I I was the queen of self-pity, and um, but I was a pretender. So I like to smile on the outside um, and think I was putting on this wonderful, brave front hoping that you were all thinking, look how brave and strong she is. Um, my God, she's been through so much. Um, and I and I wore my pain like a badge of honor. Um, and it was my great excuse for poor behavior. It was not what drew me closer to my fellows. It's what um, kept me apart. And, um, and I felt like I owned it. It was mine. And who was I going to be when I stopped feeling sorry for myself? Um, you know, and, and so through working the steps of the program, I realized that um, everything that has happened to me in my life, um, I'm having acceptance for. It is all exactly as it's meant to unfold. It must be because God is, you know, the one who's, 
who's running the show and not me. And so now, um, with the new lens, you know, I look at the things that I've endured and um and their their purpose is so that I can um reach another person, you know, that someone else could have had some of the losses that I've had and now I know the language to speak to them and I can offer hope. That there is hope that, you know, you can come from from a very dark place from all the way down that scale. Um and I used to laugh when I read that part because I'm thinking I could only think of the scale that I got on in the bathroom and that certainly wasn't a, a down, that was up, up, up. Um but but you know that means something much deeper than that. And um you know, that all of the things that have happened to me um, is so that I can be of service, maximum service, and useful to other people. And with that, there's peace and serenity, and, and I'm connected. Um, you know, I was never able to solve this crisis by myself because I was never meant to solve this by myself. And, um, and that's really the promise for me. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. And Sue G., you're up. Star one to unmute, Sue. Hi, it's Sue G. Having trouble with my muting. Oh, well. Um, you're, you're here now. Yes, I am here now. Not then and not in the future, but right now. Thank you for the cue, <laughs> and thank you so much for your service and that of all who have shared and are thinking about it. And so just for today, just for today, I am very grateful to be a recovered foodaholic. That is where I am today. And I, these three promises are, they're the transformation for me. <clears throat> so I think about this question, how do we know? when we have reached bottom <clears throat> excuse me and and my answer to that is when when we stop digging and so each of these remind me to do that we will understand the word serenity ah peace we will know peace i will know peace instead of pieces i i was fragmented before i got transformed and and these these promises remind me that it's the change that is what is the core of the recovery. So now I have peace instead of being fragmented and in pieces, this piece here, that piece there. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, yes, that's the bathroom scale or the bathroom scale or whatever. We go down, we go up, we go down, we go up. And it, if I base my life's actions on going up and down, that's exactly where I'll go and, and I'll lose myself in the process. We will see how our experience can benefit others. Well, the transformation for me in my personal life really has been amazing with this illness that my husband has, which he's doing extremely well with. And now I have to say I'm doing well with it too because we're communicating well. And so I was told to get a test, and I had this medical test, and it came out normal. And I found that when I was first told by my husband, please go to the doctor, I was ready to kill him. But I didn't, of course, because I lost him. And so I couldn't do that. And and 
having the test, what I realized is how much my whole family and, and my support group, including including right here in this meeting, how I get love from this. And when I can't love myself, you love me, and then I get back to being able to appreciate who I am. And that's the gift from the higher power. That, that's not me talking. That's, that's me a channel. And the feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Well, self-pity is so connected to uselessness. When, I, when my commitment is, I'm useless, I have nothing to offer, then I feel very sorry for myself and I'm not here in the here and now. But I am here in the here and now, and for this I'm very grateful, and for this I'm able to pass. So thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Suji. And who else would like to comment on these three promises? This is Janice. This is Bella. Can I share? Janice, Bella. Who else? Kathy Kay. Leia. Kathy Kay and Leia. Okay, let's go with that. Janice, Bella, Kathy Kay, and Leia, and Sally. Okay, Janice, you're up, and then Bella. Okay. Good morning to you, Monica T., and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. That means that I will find serenity. And it says comprehend the word serenity. To comprehend something is to understand it, and I understand and experienced it by doing these steps in the truth of the serenity prayer. And this is my own experience, okay? I could never accept anything. I used to blame everybody, you know. But the serenity prayer for me is where I really, really found serenity to accept the things that I can't change because I was always trying to change everything, especially it started with our food plan, with my food plan. I'm going to, I'm not, I don't want to be a compulsive overeater, so I'm going to do this, this, and this. Okay, so we will find serenity. See, that's a gift, and that is a promise. And, um, you know, selfishness doesn't grow out of serenity. Um, That's why I was so selfish. Um, trying to always find serenity, and therefore I was selfish because I was trying to find it in this, that, or the other thing. Okay, Um, the next one, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our our experience, imagine my experience, my, my, my past life can benefit somebody else. Well, see, I believe that my experience has a value today because I believe that my higher power gave me this gift because he knew that I would probably give it away because, and I have to continue to do that. Um, my past experience in working with people, I mean, I, I, I've had experiences in my life with my children, with my marriage, and, you know, they were, they were liabilities. But, you know, it got through them, through these steps, and I can help somebody else. So they were of value. Perhaps they helped somebody um, from a death or helping them with, a, with an alcoholic child or whatever illness there is. So our benefits do help other people. And um, in, a, in a, my sordid past, you know, it sees in the, in the big book, our sordid past and horrid behavior can help others to what? To relate to us so that maybe they can use my experience 
our experience. So that's what that is. And, of course, it's almost time, so I'm going to stop there, all right, and um, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Janice. And Bella, you're up, and then it'll be Kathy Kay. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella Tree, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such wonderful reading today. And I want to talk a little bit about self-pity. Wow, for me it's a flashing word, self-pity. Yet, yes, before the program, this was my belief. I am a self-pity. And yes, I wanted so much the power. And I was in a blaming mode. If only, if only, I wanted so much to reach the goal of being perfect, but only of others I cannot reach it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. Yes, today I am connected to a loving, accepting power. Today I am not connected to my ego. Today I don't want to be a people pleaser. Today I am connected to God. Today I know that I have to do not my message, to give over God's, God's message for me. Today, I am not thinking about myself in a selfish way. Today, I am thinking about myself, how can I be useful to others? Today, I am thinking, how can I give over the message of God, not my own message? Today, when, you know, yes, sometimes... It comes to me, it comes over, you know, the, the feeling of self-pity. Thank you, God, I am not staying there anymore. Today I, have, I learned to pause and to say, Oh, Bella, the self-pity again from where it comes. It's a character defect. Today I am not, I, I don't want to be driven by this self-pity. Today I am connected to a loving power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Kathy Kay, you're up, and then Leah. Good morning, Monica and everyone. This is Kathy Kay from Boston. And uh, as I'm listening to everybody and reflecting on these three promises, um, my experience was that I very gradually began to experience them. I can remember almost like it was yesterday when I first um, experienced peace and serenity. Uh, and this was while I was working on my step four and noticing that um, all the resentment I had carried around f- for years started to melt away, and I would have these moments um of peace. I don't know how else to put it. I didn't even know how to label it until I found myself telling my sponsor that I now know when I'm living in recovery and when I'm living in my disease. I could feel the difference. Um, and over time, I spent more and more time in serenity and peace. And today, that serenity and peace is periodically disrupted 
by uh, something that occurs with people, places, or things that I need to turn around so I can return to serenity and peace. It's a, a really a miraculous process. I'm so grateful for it, and it happens because of the increasing connection I have with my higher power and my continuous working of the steps. Um, And the same is true with self-pity. I still have moments when I find myself in self-pity, but I know it much sooner than I used to, and I know what to do in order to let that uh, negativity go. Um, so really what the promises uh, tell me over and over again is that if I keep uh, taking the actions that I've been taught in these rooms and by my sponsor, um, I will experience each of these promises. Um, and I'm just so grateful to have gotten here and do the work to continue to be here. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay and Leah M. You're up, and then it'll be Sally. Good morning. Monica, thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I just wanted to focus in on this uh, one promise here. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. You know, the big book also says that, you know, to cling to the thought that in God's hands, that dark past is the greatest possession you have. Why? Because it's the key to life uh, and happiness for other people. So, um, you know, recovery is measured. You know, these promises came true for me as a result of the implementation of the steps, uh, specifically steps four through nine. And this became a reality for me, that yes, I had that dark past, and yes, there was great suffering uh, and misery in active illness, but I've had an experience. What is that experience? That experience is a spiritual awakening as a result of this step process, of these 12 steps that I have been transformed, and that's the whole point. We've been transformed we have been restored to sanity we have soundness of mind we've been relieved of the obsession to compulsively overeat and today uh, you know i walk this planet a free woman and that's the experience to be shared it's not that we come together on the line every morning uh to rehash the active illness and talk about it's uh you know the disintegration and degradation of our lives. We have a purpose in mind. We have a purpose and we have a camaraderie that we have been restored to sanity, that the secret of these steps, of these steps which are spiritual in nature, is that it's possible to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in our character and our values that I am not what I used to be. <laughs> I've been born again, not in my body, but in my mind. Those old ideas, those emotions, 
those attitudes that I had that led me to dig my fist into bags and boxes over and over and over and over again uh, have been cast aside and a whole new set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes now dominate me as a result of these step process. And I get wound up when I arrive here in the morning because I love this program and I get charged up, not because I get excited to talk. I get excited about us, what's possible. And that's the beauty of a line like this, where we transmit something we've got. What do we have? We have a spiritual awakening. That's what we have. And you hear a variety of voices, young, old, black, white, from all over the globe, share that same message that this is far more than the mere elimination of binge foods. This is about a renewed life. This is about a restored life, a rehabilitated life, a transformed life. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Yeehaw! Thank you, Leah. And Sally, you're up. Okay. I'm sorry, I was muting. I was unmuting. I hope I'm up. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay. Thank you, Monica. And um, good morning, everyone. Good morning, a vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, well, I just marvel at the sentence being in this book. This is. AA's Alcoholics Anonymous's big book, and we have this sentence um, right here, right in front of my eyes. I'm looking right at it. It says, we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. You know, it's almost like they threw us a crumb because they weren't looking at scales. These guys were not measuring their alcohol. They weren't measuring their bodies. They weren't doing the things that we do to be well, and yet here's this sentence. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. And so, you know, it reminds me of the old days. That's what, it, that's what it's like for me in the program. In the old days when it was about the scale, it was about, you know, I came to this program, and as much as I didn't want to admit it, it really was, for me, the most effective diet club that I could find. It was diet with group support, and it was effective. I lost all my weight in OA, but I was dark raving abstinence. I was not recovered. And for five years, I had a white-knuckling, back-to-back, clean abstinence. I looked hot walking in a room, and people could look at me and say, wow, there's a picture of success. Maybe they weren't saying it. I was saying it to myself not knowing it had nothing to do with how far down the scale I had gone. I was still nuts. And that's why this sentence before it is so precious to me. It says here, we will comprehend the word serenity. We will know peace. Because every morning for 30 years in OA, and even longer, even when I was becoming recovered for another maybe year, I was waking up every morning, and my first waking thought is, Oh, God, am I abstinent? Oh, God, what have I done? Oh, God, what happened last night? I was waking up. My prayer was, oh, God, where am I now? Um, Because I was panicked. I was so PTSD over this disease, and I am not exaggerating when I use those words, PTSD. I was post-traumatic stress syndrome for years in this disease. Now when I wake up, I have complete serenity. I'm not living in that PTSD. I have peace. I wake up. And it's not the first thought that even comes to my mind anymore. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, 
she wins. I forgot we were even here for that reason. I was here to get sane. I mean, really, in the end of the matter, I was here to finally get sane because it took me 30 years in OA to figure out it wasn't about the scale. It was about me getting sane. And finally, we will see how our experience can benefit others. And I just want to say it's amazing to me that almost every single chapter in this book tells us that it's about a way of living, a design for living, a manner of living on page 58, principles by which he is living on page 98, a new way of living on page 124. I could give you 15 more page numbers that talk about this way of living, design of living, manner of living, principles by which we live, and a new way of living. Thank you, Monica. And I just would end by saying, Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for letting me share I Thank you, Sally. And we're going to move on to the next three promises, and Alice M. was going to read those for us. Good morning. This is Alice M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic from Florida. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. And boy, have I, um, am I um, attempting, making a lot of effort to change in my selfishness, selfish ways and self-seeking ways. Um, and this is, this is demonstrated by, by my attitude and outlook upon life, you know, by how I interact with others. And I was just thinking about the, you know, self-seeking and selfishness. It was hard for me to understand the difference between these. And there really is, is very little difference for me. Um, you know, basically, I looked in that um, handy-dandy little big book dictionary that my sponsor gave me um, months ago because I want to understand what the big book wants me to, to, how the big book wants me to define these. So selfishness is being concerned primarily with myself, you know, being self-absorbed, self-centered, self-serving, egotistic. Yep, that's me. Um, and then self-seeking is um, seeking or pursuing only for myself. So it's the act and practice you know, practice of selfishly advancing one's own desires. So selfish is kind of the, you know, the, the idea I want. I'm, I'm self-absorbed and self-seeking is what I do to get that. And um, I, I tell you, um, for me, a lot of my time, you know, I used to be an elementary school teacher and I was, I thought myself to be a kick-ass teacher. I was a very popular teacher. You know, the, the students wanted me. The parents wanted me to be in, them to be in my classroom. I was humorous. I was funny. I busted my butt. But was it because I wanted to help those children learn and really carry them, you know, help them meet their potential? No. It was because I was self-seeking. I wanted to be the most popular teacher. It was, you know, I would stay up hours at night and do things because I wanted to shine in the classroom. I wanted my colleagues to see me shine. You know, it wasn't so much about the kids. It was all about me. Um, And that's an area where I'm changing today. Um, You know, because I, you know, I want to get out of this selfishness. And sometimes it's just, it's just, um, it's automatic. It's just ingrained in me and and I have the awareness today to see when it's coming out and you know I want to live I want to live a life I want to be a recovered woman you know I want to be helpful useful to others that are struggling in this disease I you know I want to and I want to be helpful and useful to you know to people in this recovering community as well as those outside of this community I don't want to be selfish and just only help people you know stay in this bubble of recovery and and only help people in recovery but a lot of people, you know, that, that um, 
and you know I'm I want to help all humanity and and that includes the planet in which I live and you know that includes you know getting out of my selfish you know ways and and, and uh you know like rinsing that peanut butter jar my daughter's out really rinsing it out and putting it in the recycling instead of just saying oh it's too sticky I'm just going to throw this one away you know that's selfish you know self-seeking and um you know I want to be useful I want to be able to pick up a call and of a of a struggling bulimic who I get calls like that a lot and say you know what I I was there and here's what I did here's the solution and here's you know let me offer you some hope and you know, I I want to I want to do that. Not not so I can oh, say yeah. I have a year of abstinence, and you know I'm sponsoring all these people, which is what I used to do. It was very self-seeking around my sponsoring, but to really be able to be be um, a message of hope and say, you know what, you can do it. You can do it. Here's how. And um, so that's uh, you know that that's it. My whole attitude and outlook. I just want to be more focused on on others and and less focused on Alice. I pass. Thank you, Alice M. And who would like to comment on these three promises? Reva P. Eva P. Reva. I heard Eva. Reva. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Reva P. And then we're running out of time. Who else? Sarah H. Sarah W. And I heard somebody with H at the at the end. Uh, Chris Santa. G. Something H. Santa H. Santa. Okay. All right. Reva P, Sarah W, Santa H. Santa, I'm not sure whether we're going to have enough time. Reva P, you're up. Good morning. My name is Reva P. I'm recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I was thinking about my work in terms of these three promises. And work has been um, a very, very big part of how I feel good about myself. Um, And, you know, it was always about what am I going to get out of this, whether it was the money, the prestige, um, accolades from people, like, wow, you did this, you are great. Um, And what working the steps has done for me has transformed that idea. And I didn't make myself think differently. It just happened as a result of the steps. And now um, I actually think about what can I contribute. And work um, has expanded so that it's not just the work I go to in an institution. It's, God, what is my meaningful work for today? How do you want me to contribute? And that might mean that my son this morning um, left his headphones at a friend's house and asked me to borrow mine. And, yeah, sure, you know, here, take this extra pair, or my daughter needs something, or my husband needs me to listen to him. I don't know in advance what that's going to be, but just to be open to contribute, and that is so the opposite. Um, It was all about me, it was all about what people think of me, and it was all about what can I get? What am I getting out of this? And if I'm not going to get something out of it, why should I bother? Um, So that is a huge transformation, and it happens to me. I don't make it happen, Um, and it happens as a result of, first of all, having a foundation of abstinence, and um, secondly, by working the steps. That's all I want to share, and I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Sarah W., you're up. 
Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, I wanted to uh, zoom in on um, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Um, in working the first through or you know, going through the first through the ninth step, um, we do change. You know, that, that process changes us. And the steps really treat the mental obsession. And for years I was doing lots of diet clubs and um, and actually even after I came into OA I went back to those diet clubs thinking in my mind that somehow I had risen above <laughs> uh, the actual disease. And, you know, the disease is inside of each and every one of the people you hear. We all have the disease. But it's it's in remission right now because we are continuing to use the steps. And at times, little pieces of that disease come tweaking through. You know, none of us are perfect. I'm certainly not. And I know what I need to do today. And my whole outlook and, and attitude on life has changed. But moments come where I get selfish, where I think, you know, I want something, or I like this, or I don't like the way somebody's doing this. And I need to go back to a four through nine to get back to where I need to be. But the mental obsession is what we're treating with the steps. And that's what diet clubs and all that stuff, you know, 100 pounds from where I was, but I could certainly be 500 pounds. I have no doubt in my mind. And, uh, you know, so I have to constantly be aware that the foundation is that I am a compulsive overeater and I have to have some kind of way uh, you know, first of all, to have some kind of food plan and stay away from my uh, my drugs of choice that are the foods that, that set me right into motion again and also continue on this path. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Santa H., you're up. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Santa H., a grateful, truly grateful recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Thank you, God, for being recovered today. I, I want to focus on that, that one promise where um, it says, we will seek to lose self-interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. And for me, that, I mean, I've really been, I really have seen all these promises come true, but this one really resonates um, so much to me today in my life because I always saw myself as a selfish person, but thinking that I was a selfless person, but I was more of a martyr, and I was so self-seeking because when I'd done things for people, I had an ulterior motive, and even even when I was in denial of that, I see today that I had an ulterior motive, and for me today, what this promise does for me and how I see it in my life today is I've gotten to a place of balance a sense of making sure that I take care of myself so that I have much more to give to others. And I'm also finding today that I, um, when I'm in the midst of other people's company, that I see myself being in the now and that I'm not having to want to share as much about me or about what point I want to get across to someone 
that I can honestly say as I'm listening to them, what are you here to teach me? How are you in my life today to teach me something and what I can learn from you and truly how I can be of service to you, uh, whether it's listening or whether it is um, sharing whatever my higher power needs for me to share with you. And that is a wonderful place to be at today where people can actually say to me, wow, Santa, you really are listening. You're a good listener. And the old me would be quick to tell you how to live your life and what you should do and, and insisting this and insisting on that. But it's so great today that I'm at a place of balance where I know that you take care of myself to build up the love within me so that I'm able to give that love to other people and that I can really truly say that I really am selfless today much, much more than I used to be and that I'm not a martyr and that I do for others truly as God will have me to do for them. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Santa H. And with that, we've come to the end of our time this morning, and I want to thank everyone who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Anita J., could you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? Yes, I'm grateful to be able to. Anita J., recovered in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.